0: Folks, for once it is a little bit quieter in Winnipeg Jets land, although Pierre-Luc Dubois continues to make noise in his own way with this camp as the Jets are trying to sort out how to deal with him and his upcoming contract situation and most likely his eventual trade. We'll talk about the updates around his situation and also check out Winnipeg's upcoming schedule to see how they might fare in the first few weeks of Rick Bonus's tenure. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, there are some orders of business around the Jets to discuss. One of the biggest ones that I wanted to to talk about is, of course, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and his current situation with the Jets, because um, week by week, it does continue to evolve. Over the weekend, uh, we did mention that, you know, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois' family and Dubois himself were actually in Montreal for the NHL draft. And, of course, uh, it seems like they were expecting a trade. And, honestly, I think Winnipeg thought that they were going to close the deal with Montreal over the weekend as well. Uh, that, unfortunately, did not happen for Winnipeg. So now Dubois is kind of, well, I'm going to be honest, he's trying to force his way out. Uh, we've seen an interesting turn in this case in that the Jets have not elected to go to arbitration with him. And so there aren't a ton of routes for uh, the remainder of this whole negotiation to go. Basically, the the only things that might really happen are um, Dubois accepts a cheap qualifying offer. I think it's around six million, or he signs maybe some kind of a short term deal, and you know the Jets kind of ride with it, uh, with the expectation that more than likely they are flipping him at the trade deadline, um, sometime this upcoming season, or I guess at the very latest towards the last year of his uh, his RFA status. I think that particular scenario is unlikely. I think, if anything, they'll get traded probably um, at the upcoming deadline for this season. We'll see where that goes, though. As far as other options are concerned, you know, Montreal does possess the ability to offer sheet them. That would be interesting, especially if they do like a bit of a low ball offer sheet, because the Jets could definitely match it for two years up until his UFA status. And in that time, obviously, two years of a cost-controlled asset, For somebody who is as skilled as Dubois is, would make him a very interesting trade deadline option. Now, if the Jets can pull that off and they get a big haul for him at the deadline for a guy who's going to have, you know, upwards of one and a half years left on his deal, you know, for a contender on a, on a, I guess, given cap hit that they can deal with and calculate into their whole future, I mean, that's, I mean, that's super, super valuable, especially somebody who is as good as Dubois is. And then, you know, at that point, if he hits UFA status, it's no longer Winnipeg's problem. Whoever signed him is going to have to deal with that fact. But, you know, hopefully by then they've gotten the fair value out of what is basically, you know, maybe a one and a half to two year rental. So uh, interesting option there. I think that is probably not how Montreal would want to play this. I feel like the the most logical situation here is um, we see kind of a one year deal at first to kind of kick the can down the road a bit. And Winnipeg will sort of reassess as they go through the situation. If PLD doesn't really play along, well, maybe he just goes without a contract. Uh, The longer that he sits without a deal right now, as we approach the situation or as we approach the season, once the season kicks off, of course, if he's still not under contract every day that passes by, you know, once he eventually does sign his deal, the cap hits going to go up. So it's obviously in Winnipeg's best interest to have that whole situation either sorted out before the start of the season or within like the very first few days. Um, Of course, the Jets don't really like to deal with larger cap hits, so the faster they can sort it out, the better. But, you know, for Winnipeg, obviously, they kind of hold some of the cards here, and I think the Jets are going to be very patient. They are a team that has shown, you know, they're not going to be pushed around as much. And while I do think that the way that they've kind of dealt with some of these situations in the past maybe wasn't like 100% ideal, I, I think... For the most part, they've negotiated it and handled it pretty well. So with a PLD case, I, I'm not too worried yet. I'm just disappointed more than anything. I kind of thought that uh, PLD was going to be a mainstay and would have been a very interesting player to fit into Winnipeg's long-term future. But of course, it hasn't really panned out. So uh, as the saying goes, it is what it is. Sort of in between there, there were some interesting rumors. Of course, this past weekend, the Kadri rumor came out. Uh, which we talked about last episode. The Kadri thing was kind of an interesting one because Friedman indicated that it was a mystery third team, and I think a number of folks were kind of lining things up that it was most likely the Jets who were inquiring about Nazem Kadri services, which I think is a reasonable assumption. Uh, you know, with the Jets not retaining any salary on Wheeler's deal, similar cap hits most likely being projected for what Kadri's extension is going to look like. It, it, it kind of made sense, but there hasn't really been any more beyond that. So I would consider that one probably dead in the water. There was another interesting thing from Chris Johnston, I believe of Sportsnet, um, who indicated that uh, Callie Yarncroc, who just signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he actually had some competition from the Jets for his signature, which I I don't really know that I would be a huge fan of. Yarncroc back in the day used to be a really good value two-way forward with a really strong defensive impact. And Surprisingly, very workmanlike but efficient shot creation, uh, certainly in scoring chance creation down low in the slot. It's not that he had any particularly crazy skills. He just did enough pretty well to be, you know, a very serviceable middle six forward. But, you know, the past year for his career kind of took a bit of a nosedive and uh, his time with the Flames wasn't ideal. So, you know, for the Jets, I'm okay missing this one for now. Um, In terms of players that I, I really was hoping for, he was not high on my list. You know, I'm targeting guys like Strome, Heinen, uh, Milano, some of these other guys who probably will have some competition for their signatures. But I feel like, you know, know, Strome already signed with Washington. But you know, the other guys, I think the Jets could reasonably take a pass at, and at least if they show interest in these players, that's all I could ask for. If the guys say no, there's not much you can do about that. It is what it is. But in terms of Winnipeg's off season, you know, they're not really tipping their hand, um, or at least it sounds like they're they're generally playing it pretty safely. So. Yeah, not the most exciting of times, but you know, for the Jets, they'll do themselves I guess and just kind of run it back for the time being. Lord knows I've given my thoughts on that already. Um and I'm sure y'all are going to weigh in at some point, but in the meantime, of course, you know, considering uh or assuming that the the situation stays the same with this roster, of course, we already have the NHL schedule released a couple of weeks ago. So we'll take a look at in just a little bit and see how the Jets might fare. Uh this is assuming that for the most part the moves that the Central Division and a lot of these other teams have made kind of remain more or less the same. I think the biggest stuff has probably passed us by, but obviously there might still be a blockbuster or two down the road. So, bearing that in mind, we'll take a look at the opening schedule for the Jets and see how Winnipeg might fare under Rick Bonus. But before we go any further, I don't want to shout out one of our awesome partners at Built Bar. If you've ever heard me talk about Built before, you know that I'm personally a big fan. I've had plenty of protein bars over my life, and most of them are just. Dry, nasty, gross. Uh, I mean, there's any number of ways I could have described them, but Bill Bar is super unique because it's more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. Personally, I would say that flavors like um, apple pie, raspberry, dark chocolate, and a handful like a handful of others are my personal favorites. But uh, obviously, there's plenty to choose from, and if you can't decide, they've got like a variety box that lets you choose 12 flavors um, and and really gives you a good sampling, so you can find your own personal favorite and make it more of a daily habit. Now, of course, they're always trying to innovate. They've got brand new flavors coming out frequently. They've just launched Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff, which has like some marshmallow mixed with that great coconut brownie chunk flavor. If that sounds delicious, trust me, it is. And even you know, better news is that it's actually pretty healthy for you. Most bars clock in at around 150 to 170 calories, uh, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, maybe 7 on the high end. Um, And around 14 to 17 grams of protein. So it's perfect if you're looking for a breakfast replacement, something to eat before you go to the gym, or just a snack to give your kids that's pretty healthy. If that sounds like it's right up your alley, go to built.com And when you're checking out, be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Bilt.com. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look now uh, in just a little bit at Winnipeg's opening schedule of games. It's going to be a bit of a bumpy first month, I'm sure, under bonus. But, you know, Winnipeg's just going to have to muddle through it and get by with what they've got. Before we preview the schedule, though, I do want to say thanks again for making Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day every day. I also wanted to shout out something for all of you NFL fans. If you're wondering how the uh, offseason has panned out, You know, Locked On NFL is doing a great series coming up pretty soon. They're going to help you figure out which NHL stars move the betting lines the most. Starting July 18th, Locked On NFL gives you the 50 most valuable players in the league from the oddsmakers at Online. It's available again, July 18th at Locked On NFL, wherever you get your favorite podcasts and on YouTube. So be sure to like, follow and subscribe to Locked On NFL right now. And as always... Uh, again, we appreciate your support and hope that you enjoy this upcoming off-season content as we roll on towards the NFL season starting just a few months. But circling back to the world of hockey, of course, for the Jets, the opening schedule in October, which starts around the uh, the second half of October, is going to be pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. Their opening home game is going to be against the New York Rangers. Also happens to be their season opener. Always nice when the season kicks off on your own turf. You know, the Rangers, they are an interesting team. Winnipeg has had very tight relations with them, so it's kind of like a little bit of a funny thing. I I always call the Rangers like Winnipeg East or something. Tampa Bay probably has a little bit of a claim to that as well. Both teams really love former Winnipeg players for who knows what reason, but the Rangers, especially recently, have definitely been dealing with some deals. Um, But then, you know, after that, you start to see more of a Western swing. Winnipeg gets a fun diet the following week of Dallas. Colorado and Vegas, uh, right before a weekend matchup against Toronto. And if you ask me, um, these first five or six games or so, uh, for the jets are just, it's not going to be a great time for Winnipeg. Assuming that everything kind of stays the same, you know, I I think there might be like two to three wins here at best. Uh, the reality is though, that the jets have definitely not done a lot with the roster. And in fact, it's probably going to be a weaker team, Um, than it was last season unless there's like a crazy trade coming in somewhere and I do think that you know maybe against teams like Dallas uh, or or the Rangers maybe bonuses style might work to frustrate them and and become a bit more defensive but you know Colorado Vegas uh, Toronto these teams will probably shred through the Jets and I I just don't really see um, a particularly happy start to the season I honestly think Rick has his work cut out for him and Especially if Pierre-Luc Dubois gets traded, you know, suddenly you're dealing now uh, with another absence down the middle for one of your top six players. And after that, you know, the schedule kind of gets a little bit easier, but you've still got to deal with the Blues, the Kings, the Yotes, and then Vegas again, right before the end of the month. So October for like the first, like two and a half to three weeks, it's, it's tough, man. I think Winnipeg quite honestly is going to finish the month with something like, I don't know. Uh, a, a, it could easily be like a three and six record or a four and five. I just think the jets are are going to really struggle here. I think Hellebuck is going to do his best. Um, the best case scenario is Winnipeg maybe starts off something like, I don't know, the inverse of that, that record, um, something over 500, I think would be a, a really nice start, but you know, bonus's tenure towards the end of his time with the Dallas stars did not instill me with a lot of confidence. It was kind of down to Jake Ottinger, and that was basically it. So, if that's how the Jets are going to play under his coaching staff now, mm, uh, not not getting great feelings about that. But you know, my my focus this year—I don't even know if I care about winning. Um, I think the Jets are are still going to push for the playoffs, but you know, Winnipeg didn't really invest a lot so far. Uh, as it is right now, it's sub- subject to change. But you know, so far, Winnipeg hasn't really made the sort of roster modifications where I'm thinking, you know, this is contender time. It's more like, yeah, team's not looking so great. So first month, not, not so great. November, uh, a little bit more spaced out a little bit less congested. They all face teams like Montreal, Chicago, Dallas, and Calgary, but they're going to have a lot more rest in between. Like the first couple of weeks of, of the season are just like jam packed. And then after that, there's like a lot more, spacing. In fact, some games have like three days in between, which is kind of a lot. Um, a number of back-to-backs here and there, but yeah, you know, October, November, I mean, we're seeing a lot of really good playoff contenders in, in um, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado, uh, Carolina, but November is definitely going to be easier than than October. I would say October to start off the season is just a very brutal schedule, and I think the Jets are going to struggle By the end of November, I would hope that the Jets are somewhere uh, around 500. I kind of feel like compared to the rest of the Central, the Jets are are still roughly where they were last year, which is probably like a fringe playoff team, uh, a, a squad that could probably squeak into the wild card. But in terms of like the Central Division, they are definitely like fourth or fifth best compared to most of these other teams. And it might get worse if any of these other squads actually improves and shows significant growth. So not to uh be too dour but i think the reality is winnipeg hasn't done a lot so far to instill much confidence and i expect a more raw and not so good team next year so yeah uh october november going to be a tough start to the year but you know let's just hope the jets can put on a fun show and if all they do is just play fun hockey even if it's losing hockey that's pretty much all i ask i i, I feel like over the years that's kind of been my thing If you go down swinging and you have fun, I can accept that. I just don't want to watch like a really boring and and crap team. That has always been my thing. And uh, hopefully, you know, we see some really fun Nikolai Ehlers bangers love to get some more games in for Colper Fetty to start the season. And uh, yeah, you know, hopefully the kids can really show off and maybe even get some fun times with David Gustafson, who, you know, has yet to really make his NHL debut, but Uh, Of course, uh, you know, a lot of you have had some interesting feelings about the offseason and what it's leading up to into 2022-23. I put out yet again another set of poll questions. These ones are fairly straightforward, fairly simple. We'll talk about those results on how you all feel and what you're, you're, you're kind of, what sort of emotions you're feeling right now as we kind of roll on through some pretty chaotic waters. We'll get to those results just after the break. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts of tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are finishing out tonight with some votes on some poll questions that I asked about Winnipeg's off season. We actually didn't get a ton of responses this time, but so far, I think you can get at least a couple of answers to some of the more burning questions or at least some of the higher level feelings from across the fan base. The first question I ask is what letter grade would you give Winnipeg's off season so far? Uh, the scale only has four options because that's as many as the poll allows. But, you know, I went with A, B, C, and then D or lower. From around 20 votes so far, we have 75% saying D or lower and around 25% saying C. So most of y'all not feeling good. I would also personally assign this a D. I think the offseason has been pretty bad. Uh, Some of it, the Jets really don't have a lot of choice with, like trots walking. Um, Not much you can do about that, but all that said, the free agency period has been very poor. Uh, I I feel like the whole Blake Wheeler situation is not looking to be the best for the Jets, and the team is just kind of in a really bad state, and I don't know if um, anyone is going to be able to turn this team around in just one season, so yeah, offseason grade so far, it's going to be harsh. I'm giving it a D. I think most people agree. Uh, we'll see how that kind of trends over the next couple of weeks. But so far, not so good. Moving on to the coaching staff, this one, again, only has a handful of votes, around 10. Uh, I asked how people would rate Winnipeg's coaching staff overhaul so far. With only a handful of hirings, there haven't really been uh, the full uh, roster of assistant coaches hired yet. So just given that we know it, bonuses in, uh, so far, you know, I, I, I'm i seeing around, you know, handful of people saying B, uh, around a third of the folks are saying D or lower, but most people are kind of like at the C level, a little over half. Uh, C, I think, is maybe a little harsh. I would probably say B. I think just by getting rid of like guys like Charlie Huddy and a few other coaches, that has a tremendous impact. Scott Arneal, I think is going to do a legit pretty good job with the PK. So I, I think I can live with that. Um, I wouldn't put it in like a tier. I think the coaching staff is still pretty safe, so to speak, and very experienced, but not exactly uh, a a truly winning staff. But look, it it could have been worse. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at now Free agency is where I think a lot of people are going to be pretty harsh. Again, we only have a couple of votes, but uh, out of like nine or 10, we're seeing around almost like 80 to 90 percent saying D or lower and just a handful of people saying C, no one has given A or B, and I would definitely agree with this. In fact, I would say C is probably super generous. Uh, it's good for the moose; it's like an A for the moose. But for the Jets, at like at least a D, if not worse. Um, Winnipeg just really hasn't signed anyone, and I think that that is uh, part of their MMO or part of their mo for years. It's always been this way. But in a season in which the Jets are, are saying they want to run it back and make the playoffs, you have to supplement this team with some really skilled depth. And so far, they have not done that. So not not great if we're being honest. The last two questions uh, are a little bit broader, but um, I would say, you know, how would you rate Winnipeg's handling of the Pierre-Luc Dubois situation so far? This one's gotten quite a few votes, around 25 folks. Um, Most people are are around, like 75% uh, or 70% of the votes are around C or D or lower, which I think is probably... A little harsh. I would have the, the PLD situation somewhere between a B and a C. I think the Jets don't really have a lot that they can do right now. Um, I would not be on the train of them. Like, if they if they try to convince them to stay, I would definitely move it into like the D or lower tier. I don't think you can convince them to stay. Uh, you've got to get rid of them, and that's really the only solution there. But um, otherwise, I think the Jets have done an okay job. I mean, there's not, again, there's not that much that they can do. Um, so they're just going to try to position themselves as best as possible to make sure that the trade return is good and with those moves generally the Jets have done well so I think for me I would probably say B or C Um, but you know a lot of people are very frustrated a lot of people are upset with the team and Dubois so I kind of feel like the results for those are going to be pretty harsh now the last question sort of similar to the first question but you know, do, do you have confidence in Winnipeg's current off season trajectory? And I did like, yes, leaning yes, leaning no, and just flat out no. Uh, only like, um, of like 15 to 16 votes, only around, I don't know, 35 to 40% of people said um, anywhere leaning yes to yes or even leaning no. Around 60% said just no, not feeling it. And I would definitely go with no as well. Uh, I, I think the Jets have not really given us much indication that the upcoming season is going to be particularly good. And, you know, we can only rely on so much information that we're given. And the information that we have so far just shows that to me, the Jets haven't really been super ambitious uh, and are content to kind of stay in their lane. And if that's the case, you know, Winnipeg's offseason, just a bit of a failure for me. And I'm not really thrilled. But am I surprised? Probably not. I'd be curious to know how you feel on some of these polls, though. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter and in the YouTube comments below. Sound off on what you think the Jets should be doing right now uh, and how you feel heading into the first couple of weeks of the NHL schedule. Do you think the Jets are going to get creamed? Do you think they might actually be pretty good? Or do you expect what I think is probably the most likely outcome, just a pretty mediocre middling team? Let me know. And uh, again, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for choosing to make Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Again, throughout the rest of the week, we'll continue to have more off-season coverage and maybe talk about some of the players who might filter into Winnipeg's lineup uh, from the prospect and moose ranks, uh, how they might fit into the team overall and kind of what I expect them to do next season. But uh, again, for tonight, that's going to be all the time that we have. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on every single aspect of the world of hockey on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Same place that Locked on Jets is available, so again, give them a like, follow, and a subscription. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.